Ivan Summerlin. It's Cofield and Company from the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. Here we go live from the Rampart Race and Sportsbook, as that guy just said, so I don't really have to. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, Cofield and Company, Steve Cofield back on Monday. Don't forget to get down here to the Rampart, get signed up for the Million Dollar Pro Football Frenzy Weekly Contest. Also, that beat the bookie contest. We had Dwayne Clucci on early, earlier. He does a great job with both of those promotions. Get down, get signed up for those. But really, don't forget to sign up for that Rampart Sports app. You get 10% of your deposit back, uh, up to $100 in play, all the way up till August 31st. Although Dwayne said, hey, maybe they'll extend it. Good uh, reception for that promotion. Maybe they extend that. Uh, by the way, the buffet, as he said, reopening and it's right next to this lovely sports book here at the rampart racing sports book so that's coming back uh any parlay wager wager of 50 dollars or more on the cards you get a coupon to the deli for free chicken fingers hamburger hot dog or fries and a coupon for five dollars off brunch at the buffet which is opening back up as we said so a lot of great specials a lot of great deals going out the rampart but you don't even need them there's so it's such a great place such a beautiful place to hang out and watch the games and uh you should get down here regardless of what they have going on but plenty of specials and promotions as well let's get to it battle born injury lawyers presents the big five at five number five so we've had a lot of mystery about who was going to play quarterback in a couple of different spots no mystery for the Raiders, of course. That's Derek Carr's job. But in a couple of different spots around the NFL, we've had some mystery to who may be starting quarterback. We may find out in San Francisco this weekend when they play the Raiders between Lance and Garoppolo, although it's looking like it's going to be Garoppolo. We did have some clarity in some other jobs, though. The Jacksonville Jaguars, to the surprise of no one, have named Trevor Lawrence their quarterback. Yep. We have an update in another job, too, but we'll talk about this one first. I still think they probably should go with Gardner Minshew for several reasons. First of all, I actually do think he's better right now. Uh, but even if he wasn't, I think the more important thing is the offensive line stinks, the team stinks, the defense stinks, he's going to get beat up, it's going to be a disaster. Who knows where his confidence level is, but when he gets destroyed time and time again through no fault of his own even if it's just getting roughed up and pushed around and knocked down and uh you know everything's going wrong will he be able to recover from that I mean, you hope he can he's a professional quarterback he's the number one pick you think so but that can be devastating for guys yeah and, and we talked about this in in terms of the fact that the entire offensive unit there's really been no continuity we haven't seen the cohesiveness and so to throw him out there when Minshew's at least, you know, he's he's got the, the time and he's uh, playing time. He, he knows the not necessarily this system that, uh, that hasn't looked good, but uh, according to ESPN Stats and Info, Lawrence has been pressured on 37% of his dropbacks this preseason, sacked three times against the Browns and the Saints. He completed 20 of 32 passes, 184 yards. So, um and more than anything, the first-team offense has managed three points in six drives. Um, 
that is a little and they've they've scored four touchdowns in the two preseason games so i i definitely believe that it it can uh wreak a little havoc on his on his psyche if if things don't go well and as we're seeing it right now you know it'd be one thing if this was an established offense if, if this was an offense a, a unit that was looking progressively better but it's not and now you're just throwing this rookie to the wolves and that could be tough and, and that could be why we're seeing you know we we saw the decision that was made in chicago in in that you know the let let's just ease this in and then bring the rookie in but um it, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out because uh as as we said yesterday adam this team looks like an absolute mess and urban meyer this project does not look too good right now no uh seems like it's going to be a disaster another team that i don't think is going to be a disaster is denver they have said uh vic fangio throughout camp hey this battle's even steven that's what he's like he's been saying time and time again it's a silly phrase but uh he said there's no leader even steven and then you watch games and you say well it looks like teddy bridgewater is playing a lot better why is it even steven uh, it turns out it's not. Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Seems like it's the right move. A lot of experts have said, hey, this might be the best roster from, you know, 2 through 53 of any team in the league. But that number one spot, the starting quarterback, is a problem there. And they don't really have one. When you have two, you don't have any. And I do think Bridgewater is more uh, polished. I think he's more steady uh and he's the right guy to lead this team which does have a good roster top to bottom and could be content for a playoff spot if bridgewater plays okay uh drew lock can be more explosive more dynamic uh maybe can make the bigger plays but to me teddy bridgewater was the choice all along and he does win the job do you think that with a defense-minded first team like the broncos that that helps um in terms of how this changes maybe the complexion of you know two different types of quarterbacks can 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 the can a defensive minded team like this um you know how does that change the complexion of, of what the offense is doing could that have played a role in his decision it's possible yeah i mean i think you look at it and say hey we're gonna be a defense team a team that runs the ball of course they drafted Devontae williams they still got melvin gordon They've got a ton of great receivers. They've got a ton of talent all over the field. And I think, yeah, you look at it if you're if you're Vic Fangio, who's a defensive-minded guy, and say, we're going to win games with our defense. Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to turn the ball over a lot less than Drew Locke is. That's why we're going in that direction. I think that's totally fair. And if the defense is doing its job, Bridgewater is going to hold the lead for them um, and can you know give them a couple of options with the skill set that he puts on the field. You know, and... I, mean, I don't know how much experience you want to you want to lend to that, but you know he's he's got some time in. So, um, but I agree with you that I think that they knew all along, and I think that he was the. It could have been even Stephen, quote unquote, even Stephen. But I think in the coaching staff's mindset, they knew who the front runner was, and it was his job to lose, even though it was even Stephen in the competition through training camp. Number four. I just. I'm terrible, by the way. Just to go behind the scenes, uh, I am trying to signal to Ari yeah. about some things. Yeah. So I was, like, signaling, hey, time to move on. And 
uh, my camera is on, but I pointed below where my camera is. Nice. I'm like pointing at my screen. I'm like, oh my. Steve never does that ever. So 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 now I think all is even in terms of uh, the standby. Uh, no, I I still know how to spell, and he doesn't. Which is <laughs> embarrassing. Number four. I think that was that was number four. Uh, I am infuriated today. By the way, really, I am. I mean, the first. I mean, obviously. You know, just listen. I'm just completely chaotic and all over the place. So, of course, I'm mad at myself. But uh, I mentioned on the show the other day, I had my first fantasy draft this week. Mm. And, you know, I do get very... We actually talked about this with Case. I don't think you're a fantasy guy at all, right? No. So, I, you know, I, I, I get very passionate about fantasy football. And it's because of a couple of things. First of all... Like, yeah, you can win. It's for money. And once you put money on something, like, it should be real. You right. should care. You should be passionate. But also, like, it's very competitive. And I really just, like, I want to show that I'm smarter and better and, like, all those things. Like, that's the point of doing it. Why would you do it if you didn't care about that? Right. And so when I do something that I feel like is smart or good, and then you're like, oh, man, I, you come out of it like, oh, right, that was good work. And then something happens to really screw you over. It sucks. So what happened is we go into the draft. Uh, obviously, Cam Akers for the Rams out for the year. Uh, Daryl Henderson got hurt at practice the other day. And they said, ah, it's nothing. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Mm. And the people in the league drafted like there was nothing wrong. Third round, I think he went, which is kind of crazy. Third round, Daryl Henderson goes. And I was like, hmm, I think he's a little more hurt than that. I feel like he's a little bit more hurt than they're saying. Okay. So I'm going to wait till the last round. And I'm going to draft Xavier Jones. And I think a lot of people are like, who on earth are you talking about? Xavier Jones, I believe, is the leader to be the backup to Daryl Henderson. I think there's a couple of options for the Rams, but I do believe Xavier Jones is the backup for Daryl Henderson. I got him. Last round. All right, let's go. The Rams just traded for Sony Michelle. Yep. Come on. You're killing me. So No, I'm not doing a fantasy story. I'm actually doing this story because they traded for Sony Michelle. I think that's interesting. Trade. I was just finding a way to lead into it. But, yeah, yeah I am furious. You're livid. I'm very upset. I've only done, uh, just to, 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 to go back, um, I think the one major money fantasy league I got in one year, I just gave the money. Oh, no, it was I committed to – Pay, you pay at the end after all the transactions so on and so forth. But I went in as like a silent partner with the one person. And when I say this name, you'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Where I have, I just said, you just let me know who we got to root for every week. You're the, you're in charge. You're the head coach. And that was Alan Liker. Yes, sir. And, my esteemed boss at the RJ, one of them. And and we made money that year. Well, he's a very, very good fantasy player. Fantastic, Yeah. yeah. His reputation proceeds. We're in a couple leagues together, actually. Have you? Yeah. But I am, uh, yeah, I'm not happy. Now, what happens, What would? What's ever, have you ever gone head-to-head with him? Yeah. Who wins? Uh, I feel like it's pretty even. Is it? I mean, I listen, I, I believe that I am very good. Like, I, I think I'm a very good player. Um, certain formats I just get annoyed by, and I'm like, I'm out. I, I, I just, I'm not going to do good at this. I hate it. But yeah, if you if you have certain if you have formats that are pretty straightforward, I can understand what the rules are. I know when your pickups are. I know when this is going to happen. 
I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be pretty good. But he's he's very good too. So when you make the decisions that, you know, like you said, you you know you you take pride in those decisions, and especially when you're right. But if you if something happens in an, in a negative way to your team, but it's at the, at comes at the hands of, of Mr. Liker, do you feel as if well, you know, it's it's at, do you feel as if I mean, you never want to lose, so it's not okay. But I guess my point is, like, you know, if I was to be in a league and you happen to lose, you'd be like, "How did I lose to Willie?" But, yeah, I'd rather lose to somebody that that I consider very skilled. Yeah. So, so and, and he's up there. Yeah. 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 I, I don't want to lose to like the, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to pick the names of the guy. Like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to lose to yeah. those people. But yeah, if if it's somebody that I consider is could, to be good and respectable, I respect them. Yeah. Yeah. You just like you're like, hey, hey that's another good player. Like, it, there is a lot of luck involved in fantasy. There is like you. You have to put yourself in the best position possible. All that's all you can do. Right. And then if, if you get beat by something, and if you get beat by another really sharp person who also puts themselves in a good position, like yeah, luck's going to swing one way or the other. It's going to be determined by luck if you're both really good. I've done for fun the like for free like the Yahoo. You know, long time ago, long time ago, you got a couple leagues or whatever. But uh, I remember being in one with uh, with uh, one of your boxing MMA colleagues. Kevin sure. and and, uh, and didn't realize or didn't pay wasn't paying attention to a bye week man I got scolded for not updating my roster <laughs> well, I'd, I'd get mad about that <laughs> but by the way I didn't say the same thing about that league that I said about the other <laughs> number three Good one. Uh, I, I think this is can this be number three the Orioles stink I'm I'm furious and by the way I'll say it's not the Rampart app we're sitting here. It's two nothing. Two nothing Orioles. Orioles have lost nineteen straight games. They've only been within one run one time in those nineteen games. Right. We talked about this. Orioles are up two nothing. I go to log onto the app. As I said, not the Rampart app. You should get that one. It's better. I don't have it loaded up yet. I'm going to do it after the show. Go to open the app. It's down for maintenance, so I don't get to in-game bet the Angels. Angels now. That was the second inning we tried to do that. Tried to do that. Uh, it's two nothing Orioles. It's now what the fourth six two Angels. Yeah, come Dude. on, this Dude. team stinks. Orioles got serious issues. We talked <laughs> yes. about this yesterday. I mean, they're what they're riding. They rode a nineteen game losing streak into today. Took the early two nothing lead, and now it looks like they'll hit twenty straight losses, wow. and nineteen of those will be by more than one run. Ridiculous. Number two. I was, I was high enough for the camera that time. There yeah, you go. It's good. Uh, did you see the story of Brandon Belt? No. I like. I usually like to take nice stories and just find like the awful in them. Sure. Like that, that's usually like yesterday. Urban Meyer helped one of his players. Right. And I was like, yeah, that means he's probably helping him with bad things too. So I was, I was frustrated about that. Brandon Belt didn't want to play baseball yesterday. Brandon Belt, of course, with the San Francisco Giants in the middle of a pennant race. He didn't want to play. He's like, I'm out. Tells coach, get me out of the lineup. He then calls his dad because the reason Brandon Belt didn't want to play is because he's very close with his grandma. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that used to drive into baseball and, and, and really supported his career and was uh, one of the family members who was closest to him in his pursuit of baseball. And she died yesterday morning of COVID. 
he didn't want to play. I can't play. It's rough. I can't do it. Yeah, I've been in kind of a daze all day. I was just glad I could come out here. And yeah. Anyway, his uh, he starts calling his family. He talks to his dad, and his dad says, "Hey, listen, she loved your career more than anybody. She was your biggest fan. You got to play for her." Mm-hmm. Brandon Belt goes out four for five with two home runs, and this was after, on the heels of, he was enduring a two for thirty skid. At the plate. Yeah. He ended that skin with a shot that ended on top of the city field center field <laughs> apple in the first inning. Then he homered again in the fourth, had two singles, and uh, the second homer was his career best 19th of the season. Yeah. Very cool. Very good story. And I have, God, I have nothing bad to say about it. Something is happening to me, and I don't know what it is. Sad. Number one. All right. Number one story. We'll actually do it on the other side. Because our number one story, I teased him before. Not teased him. I teased that he was coming up. Brian Blessing is going to be with us. We have a lot to get into in the world of sports betting and the happenings. Maybe some hockey as well. uh, As we talk with Brian Blessing, our good friend. He gets the honor today. The number one story of the day, Brian Blessing. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. They called a taunting call, I think, on us last week, and also that's a big point of emphasis. I think it's a good point of emphasis. Who needs that? Taunting. It's okay, I guess, to have seven guys celebrating after an interception. Uh, I kind of see see that as taunting. But to your question, yeah, we, we listen carefully and try to absorb it and coach it. Cofield and Company is live at the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. We are live at Cofield and Company, kind of. Steve Cofield be back next week. Adam Hill, William Ramirez here from the Rampart race and sports book get on down here get signed up for that app take advantage of the great specials they got going on the buffet opening up tomorrow and for the record we do have the live look into the doggy camera from yesterday we talked about so just letting you know all right good enough yep you got the anything going on with yours he has been outside for quite a while in a mixture and rotation of dogs and then when i checked in before the show um with the front desk girl angel she told me that kalua happened to get one of the Shire um, daycare dogs that comes in, and I don't—I think she mentioned it was a rescue dog, but it was very shy and subdued. He got that dog to start playing with the other wow. dogs. Yeah, so he's now he, now he's a he's a, somewhat of a healer. There you go. Okay, <laughs> that's a stretch. Uh, Brian Blessing also been called a healer, I think, by someone. Uh, he, Brian Blessing joins us right now. How you doing, sir? I, I'm trying to trying to process that one but <laughs> how you doing guys we're good uh yes willie has his dog in daycare and there's a live stream so you can watch the dog play with other dogs that's impressive yeah <laughs> is it impressive or just sad uh it's kind of a combo card yeah it's okay. a parlay uh and then you have to also weigh in before we get to real issues on the other big debate of the day it is national banana split day you are. You have to be a banana split guy. Of all the food combinations you guys have talked about in the last six months, yeah, that <laughs> that works. 
Okay. But the real question that we were debating, like when you order one, do you go, do you just go, hey, however you guys make it, I'm making it? Or do you make all kinds of adjustments? I'm an adjustment guy. I'm like, give me the bananas and the chocolate ice cream and we're good. I don't need all the all the strawberry and vanilla. But some people are like, no, however you make it, you make it. Yeah, I'm like a, like a homemade banana split guy. You know, just slice the banana up. Uh, <laughs> some nuts on it. Chocolate where, syrup, have at it. Vanilla ice cream, go. Where's your go-to spot in Buffalo for uh, for dessert? Hold on, it's too cold for de- for ice cream in Buffalo. Oh, I'm well, sure. But, I'm sure he has. Well, a spot. Hand, handles is good around here. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got the Tuesday deal. What is it? Two bucks for a cone or something? That's all right. Sure. Take our, well, we take our granddaughter there once in a while. Okay. I get in Buffalo uh, the. Uh, there's a place called the Andersons. It's real good. Yeah, has a great roast, great roast beef sandwich, but they got great milkshakes, ice cream cones. Well, Brian, speaking of handles, we've got a lot of sports betting to get into. I mean, I'm just uh-huh. Segway, very segue good machine. Segway king. Uh, first of all, are you? I mean, we're almost over at the preseason. This is going to be the weirdest preseason week ever. Uh, anything you're you're looking at, or are you kind of like, hey, you know what? It's time to start focusing on the real real stuff now. I've actually gotten more into this preseason than anyone previously, and wow. knock on wood, it's gone pretty good. Um, now it goes from, you know, I thought Denver's been an absolute gift, and I was like more than willing to saddle up and say, oh, yeah, I'm laying the eight and a half with Denver against the Rams, but now they decide that it's Bridgewater. So if that's the case, Locke's already proved to you what he is. So all of a sudden the game, that if I was going to lay the eight and a half, now I'd probably be looking at the points in the under. I mean, th- yeah, that that's fair. Now you, you also have to think maybe Locke comes out and he plays most of the game and he fires it all over the field to show them they made a bad decision. Uh, who knows? It's it's so tough uh, with a lot of these games. But uh, we've also got some college football on the horizon. A couple of games this week, a whole bunch next week. Are you excited for college yet? Boy. The true answer, Ben, being brutally honest, no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, not. Well, we'll put it this way: not the batch of games that are coming up. I'm yeah. sitting here going, like the highlight of my week's got to be watching UTEP in New Mexico State. I mean, maybe, maybe I step up to the plate and lay the twenty-seven and a half with Fresno State over Connecticut. I mean, the, the good thing for Connecticut, they're as far away from home as they can be. Maybe they actually do something good. Well, we, we get to see a, a fun rivalry like that. I mean, that's what college football is all about, right? Fresno and Connecticut? Oh, I mean, if you, you can plan your day around that. <laughs> I can let you know that I'm going to lay that chalk. Connecticut wow. skipped. They, I believe, I can't remember what the number is. It's like 670-something days since it played. And the new, the number of newcomers on that team, and then they're starting out here. Yeah, I'm, I, and Fresno State's got, I think, what did it? What was it? Eighteen of twenty-two regulars back. Yeah, that's yeah. Gonna be, that's that's going to be an. I ugly. mean, you you talk about a glutton for punishment. I mean, <laughs> Randy has made enough money in his life. I mean, you go buy a cottage on a lake. I mean, he comes <laughs> back for more. Sure, go go eat a banana split somewhere, Randy. Uh, that that is the voice of Brian Blessing here on Sportsbook Radio, Vegas Hockey Hotline. Uh, hear him up on Sports Grid on Sirius 204 as well. Uh, we have some more uh, betting stuff, but 
I uh, wanted to get your take. We we were very obsessed. I don't know if you saw it with the social media video of Flurry making saves in Chicago. People just freaking out about it. Um, <laughs> have you have you uh, processed all of this? And and have you have the people you talk to in the Golden Knights world kind of come to grips with the fact that he's gone now? It's weird, Adam. I mean, I've been doing the, the daily hockey show for five years, and the last week and a half. We've had more than enough stuff to talk about in the summer months. This has been the weirdest, deadest week and a half, and everybody's pretty calm and quiet. But the flurry thing, I think they've they've come to grips with it. Um, you know, and it's like anything when when Gallant left, and they started rattling off wins. Who mentioned Gallant again? You know, they really didn't. You know, winning heals all wounds, albeit this is a special guy. I mean, literally, I'd, I'd throw it back at both of you. You know, how long after Flurry's playing days are over, you know, does 29 go up in the Raptors? I mean, he, he should go up in the Raptors at T-Mobile. Sure. And he's always going to be that favorite son, the magical first year and the first four years. But the soap opera had to end. I mean, it, it couldn't continue. Okay, now I had this conversation with somebody today, and I'm not going to bring his name up because he already catches a ration uh, from his esteemed followers and fans. Um, But we were discussing this on the way to breakfast this morning in the fact that this. Marc-Andre Fleury has done plenty for this town. He's done plenty for this team. He's done plenty as the face of the franchise, and I get all that. But here's the deal. The fans ultimately want one thing, and it's not to have Marc-Andre Fleury and Ryan Reeves and Nate Schmidt and David Perron and all the other popular guys that were here to be on the team. What they want is a Stanley Cup trophy. And the bottom line is this. Marc-Andre Fleury in year one lost. He was the starting goalie, and he lost. Um, They were up. Three games to one. Forget about the bad penalty in the second year. But they were up three games to one. Lost. The bubble, I'm going to throw out. Obviously, he wasn't the starting goaltender. But then this year, he made a grave mistake that changed the complexion of that series. Yes, they had to go out and win each game. But that changed the complexion and momentum of that series. Bottom line is, in three of the four uh, playoffs, Flurry didn't get it done. So ultimately, if you want a Stanley Cup trophy and you're a, you're an adoring fan of Marc Andre Fleury, I get it. He's a great guy. Personally, take the journalism cap off. I'm going to miss the conversations with him. He's one. Of, he, he's going to go down as probably one of the my favorite athletes that I got to cover. Yes, but he did not get it done ultimately. And you were in the Stanley Cup final year one, and in the playoffs the other, and he just he he, he so you know. He, he, st- he didn't get done what the fans ultimately want to get done. And that's my take on it. I can't add anything to that. That's just <laughs> fact, fact. No, it's fact-based. It's reality-based. Fans are fans. Uh, you know, and you, we can sit there and, and debate their approach to some things from a management perspective. But these guys, their job is to evaluate the best players. And you got to ma- manage things in a salary cap era. And it is what it is. It is a business. And people get to say, I hate when you say it's a business. It's a business. I mean, you can't have $12 million of goaltenders. It didn't work last year. 
what makes you think it's going to work next year? Their their rub was, you know, in previous years, the offense goes dry when they go deep in the playoffs against quality opponents, and they went and got an $8 million defenseman who actually played like an $8 million defenseman. <laughs> but if you had one $7 million goaltender, maybe you got a 30-goal score with the other five that you, you're sitting there spending on the other goalie. For sure. Uh, another team that you care passionately about, Brian, the Austin Bills. I know you're a fan of that repulsive franchise uh, that's playing in Austin soon. Uh, are you shocked that Cole Beasley is on the COVID list? You know, the, the crazy thing about this, without getting into the whole, you know, what side you're on. Sure. But the irony of ironies, what we learned with that situation is something that I think more individual guys are going to miss games this year than they did last year. I mean, this is going to be a dumpster fire. And, oh, by the way, we knew Cole Beasley did not get vaccinated because he was yapping on Twitter and doing his thing. But all of a sudden, five guys got shipped away from the team. You're like, oh, guess what? Those guys didn't get vaccinated either. And then the true irony of it is it was a vaccinated trainer that caused them to go away from the team for five days. And as of today, there's nothing wrong with them. I mean, this is a dumpster fire. Yeah. Well, you can fix it by not being contacts by getting vaccinated. <laughs> seems seems easy. Why are you saying, honestly, can't you turn a page? I mean, what, I mean, <laughs> you know, other other teams, other teams have treated your guy the same way. It's and not, you hold on, very it's not about rationally, him. you very rationally listen to Willie's thing about flurry. Sure. Why can you not then embrace? the Tyrod Taylor thing, and and let the Bills get their head above water. Honestly. Uh, I'm, I'm back in when they're in Austin. Well, that's not happening. I mean, wish for something else. <laughs> I I will definitely follow your your Bills and report on them very fairly. Talk talk very even-handedly hey, about the Bills. Hey, a friendly a friendly thing. If they're playing in the Super Bowl this year, I can't even believe <laughs> yeah, I get right. I can't it. <laughs> If they're, if they're playing in the Super Bowl this year, wherever you're doing your show or wherever you're watching the game, will you eat a Fruit Loop laced hot dog during the Super Bowl? Well, I'll be at the game. It's in L.A. <laughs> so I'll be there. Uh, yeah, if they're available, sure. Sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, Willie's like, what are they talking about? Yeah, exactly. Uh, great, great stuff. Where can people hear, hear everything that Brian Blessing has to say on – Topics from the Bills to the Golden Knights and beyond. Yeah, no, uh, weekdays uh, up the dial, AM 1400, uh, and I'm on there basically noon to 2, 11 to 1. We're on Sirius 204 on the Sportsman Radio Network, and appreciate you let us throw that out. And by the way, uh, just real quick, got to be doing the shows Friday with Jay Cornegay over at the Superbook. I know you guys do a lot of Football Central stuff with them. It's Super Contest Weekend, so... It's coming, boys. Super contest weekend means football's here. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, Brian Blessing, check him out uh, in all those locations. And stay with us because the Raiders have made a trade. We'll tell you about it next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Absolutely. I think they've done a really good job. I mean, you could tell that us coming in for an offseason helped them, you know, learn the scheme. Any extra reps you can get at our offense, you, you need it every day. You know, coaches putting in new things. I don't think we've 
stopped putting in new plays since they got here, you know, um, and that that's hard as a young guy. So I think that that alone has helped him. Now back to the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. It's Cofield and Company. Here, Cofield and Company, on this Wednesday. Thought we'd have some general Raider stuff to get into, but they have made a trade. And it kind of relates to what was going on today. We heard a lot of discussion about the linebacker room. Uh, very, very shorthand right now. We'll hear from John Gruden in a second about uh, who's been kind of stepping up there, what's been going on with the linebacker group. But it turns out the Raiders have gone and tried to solidify that position. Denzel Perriman from the Panthers has been acquired in a trade. Sounds like they swapped 6th and 7th. So really didn't give up a whole lot. Uh, Give up 6th, got a 7th back. So really they're just taking Perriman uh, from the Panthers. Perriman has had some injury issues here in camp. I know he had a hip issue. uh, Got stepped on in practice yesterday. uh, So he was a little bit banged up. Hopefully he'll be fine. They'll pass his physical and allow him to play. But um, interesting move from the Raiders who, of course, Nick Morrow, uh, who's looked on, who looked upon to be perhaps their most important linebacker right now this year in, in the role that they wanted him to play. He's hurt. He's out for a while. Uh, we didn't hear any confirmation on length from John Gruden, but he said a while and said that that probably, uh, you know, rules him out for week one and maybe beyond. Javen White, former UNLV Rebel defensive player who was all over the field at UNLV trying to learn how to play more of a traditional linebacker role with the Raiders. He was hurt. Uh, in Los Angeles in the exhibition game at the time looked like it might be something that would keep him out for the entire year but they haven't put him in injured reserve and they said that actually Morrow would be out longer than White so definitely depleted in the linebacker core they go get Denzel Perriman I think the most important thing you need to know about Denzel Perriman he of course played for the Chargers and that is important and interesting because it seems like when the Raiders have a need to fill on defense right now they find somebody that used to play for the Chargers and that's what they do here because that's who Gus Bradley knows and is familiar with and knows his system. So they go and get a guy that is very familiar and very comfortable in the system. And it, that's, it's, it's not a bad thing. He's, you know, he, he was productive in his first six years with the Chargers. So he's going to come in familiar with the system, obviously, in place. Um, and, yeah, like you said, I mean, one of the topics that come up today, not only just, you know, how to deal with depth is – the, the benefit of having a bye week between the final week of preseason and the start of the regular season, but how to utilize the rookies? Because I had, had asked about, you know, just his his impression of of outside of the, the guys that we're hearing about every single, you know, Nate Hobbs, uh, Leatherwood, Morig, what he thought about that, and, and the fact that they could step up and Diablo being able to step up and take advantage of some extra playing time possibly, um, which is what Nate Hobbs did last week, right? With the with the with the uh, secondary being dinged up a little bit, um, Hobbs took advantage of that. Played inside, played outside, and nickel packages on uh, on the end. Stepped to the outside, which he was familiar with in high school and college, and thrived. and And could be staring at a starting position based off his training camp. So, with the unexpected rash of injuries that the Raiders are enduring, especially at the linebacker position, Perryman 
comes over from the Panthers. And um, it doesn't necessarily sound like the injuries, um, other than costing him some time at camp. So if he can get in here, he's got two weeks to prepare. Doesn't necessarily, I don't know whether he'll get reps this week. I don't think it's that necessary since he knows the system. He's a veteran. And just basically prepare to uh, – and, and, you know, like you said, he wasn't uh, – John Gruden wasn't commit, committal to uh, tomorrow's length. This move might tell us that it's going to be longer than, you know, than he thought. So we can hear a little bit from uh, John Gruden on the linebacker situation. Obviously, he didn't talk about Perriman because he wasn't there yet. Uh, but he did address some of, the, uh, some of the depth issues that they're experiencing on that side of the ball and at that position, and that is what led – to acquiring Denzel Perriman. But once again, if you're just tuning in, Denzel Perriman, former Charger, currently with the Panthers, has been traded to the Raiders, adds some depth to that linebacker position, although I'm going to say he's in the mix to start at some point as soon as he's up to speed and healthy. Uh, we'll come back, listen to some of what John Gruden had to say about the position earlier today. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Yeah, we hope that uh, Nick Kwiatkowski's uh, ready to go next week. Um and we're continue, we'll continue to look at the position in, in its entirety. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It is Cofield and Company here at the Rampart Racing Sportsbook out in Summerlin. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez in for Steve Cofield. He'll be back early next week. He's checking out the Jersey Shore. I think he was doing a couple shifts at the Shore Store, doing some uh, GTL while he's there. Sure. Good time. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think he was working on any trades. So that was not him that participated in this for the Raiders. But the Raiders do go out and add Denzel Perriman. Uh, looks like he was very inactive through much of camp. Once yep. they started to put the pads on, he didn't do a whole lot of work. Uh, then got a couple of days in this week. And then, as we said, maybe got stepped on and, uh, you know, He's, he's still got to get a physical, still got to check it out. He's still, as we said, he's been hurt, so I guess not formal, formal, uh, but Raiders making this move here, which makes a lot of sense considering their lack of depth right now at the linebacker position, Nicholas Morrow, uh, on the shelf for a while, according to John Gruden, and that's a little longer on Gruden's timeline than Javen White, who uh, another linebacker who could have maybe taken advantage of that opportunity, uh, and... Raiders need some help at that position, that linebacker. Uh, of course, John Gruden not talk about Denzel Perriman today because the trade had not been made. Uh, but he did discuss how they're kind of moving some things around and uh, what they might do with a – he was asked about a nickel linebacker position. He was more talking about a dime linebacker position and who can maybe fill in in that spot. You might have a dime linebacker, a guy that's 215 or 20 pounds, perhaps uh, a Joseph or an Abram, a Gillespie, uh, a guy that can take on blocks, uh, shed blocks, and physically, you know, take the pounding in there. Like T.J. Ward started this several years ago, and now a lot of teams use the extra safety as a dime linebacker. So that's something we're kicking around, and uh, we're going to continue to look at our linebacker situation and do what we think is best for our team and that was around one o'clock and about four hours later the Raiders make a move as we said Denzel Perriman somebody who is very very familiar uh, of course with the with the system that the Raiders are going to play uh, he played for Gus Bradley with the Chargers uh, before going over 
to the Panthers, as we said, and didn't get a whole lot of action there uh, as he worked his way back from injury and then had a little bit of a setback uh, yesterday uh, in camp. So we'll see exactly where he stands with the physical and how that gets taken care of. Uh, but looks like the Raiders have somebody in the mix. I know a lot of people are hoping uh, K.J. Wright, another guy very familiar with Gus Bradley, uh, also Mark Barron, uh, who you know was in for a tryout. Uh, those guys are not excluded. Doesn't mean just because you make this move doesn't mean you can't get anybody else. Uh, but for right now, uh, Perriman is there. He started with the San Diego Chargers, uh, played two seasons there before four seasons in L.A. with the Chargers. Uh, as we said, went over to Carolina just this year in a sense, moved on. 28 years old, uh, went to Miami. He's a Florida guy originally. Uh, played for nobody but the Chargers. So this is his first, uh, even though he's with the Panthers, this will be his first team besides the Chargers. Four seasons with uh, defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, and we will hear from Gus Bradley tomorrow. He yep. is scheduled to speak to the media, uh, part of the media availability, so we'll touch more on that uh on the show and, and we'll hear about it i'm sure we'll all be writing about it for sure and don't forget get on down here to the rampart race and sportsbook the contests are live the million dollar pro football frenzy free weekly contest also the beat the bookie contest Dwayne include was on here earlier talking a little trash so come out here beat him win some prizes uh buffet is opening back up and sign up for that app rampart sports app 10 percent of your deposit back and free play up to $100. That'll do it for us. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.